0: Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Careful Study. Um, as you may notice, I sound a lot better. I got an actual professional microphone setup going. Still working some kinks out with some of the technical difficulties. There's a lot to learn, uh, more than I thought so in the beginning. But uh, as we keep going, I'm sure these episodes will get sound better and be more smooth. Um, today we have Marcus. Uh, talking about some sign cards and I hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. Um so I guess to start just tell me a little about yourself and maybe your background and how you got into magic and you know we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Yes, uh my name is Marcus Daly. I'm from Switzerland. Um 42 years old, married. And how how did I come up with magic? Basically, it's all my cousin's fault. Um, it was, I think, it was spring of 1994. Uh, it was the first time I was in, invited to a, a pen and paper role-playing game. And it was also the first time a friend of my cousin brought in some magic packs. And... It was some revised packs and some legends packs, and I bought bought it. For, I bought them from him. I I don't I don't remember, something like, yeah, the original price like twenty bucks or something like that. Sure. And no, and no, I don't remember what was inside them. Basically, uh, but that got me going. That got me started, and a bit later I started. Getting into the, this whole thing and yeah, from 1994 until 1999, I started accumulating stuff. Um, started off of revised and then got, got a bit more into beta. Didn't really care about alpha at that moment because alpha was not allowed in tournaments. Right,
0: Are I you? remember that.
1: Exactly. Uh, Basically, back in the day when we didn't use sleeves or sleeves were coming up, but the the really cheap penny sleeves and uh, yeah, the competitive tournaments type two as as standard was called type one, type 1.5. I was very active locally, regionally, but I wasn't very good. And at some stage, I think it was a, a, a type one tournament so a vintage tournament. And there was one guy that had a, a card that was signed. I, I don't remember what it was. I think it could have been a Mishra's Workshop signed by Kaya Folio. Um, but I thought that was very fascinating. Uh, that the person who drew the art for the card would, would actually sign the card. And I, I got onto the internet, the, the very young internet back in the day, and tried to find out, uh, okay, how can I contact that, that artist or are there other artists that I could send cards to? And then I found out, yeah, no problem. You can send cards to Ron Spencer, uh, Ben Fraser, uh, Doc Shuler, uh the Folios, and started getting into this whole uh, signed cards uh, thing. And then in then then in 1999, basically it 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 came all together. Basically, it was. Too much for me at the moment. I had I just started a new job, then there was uh, the foils just came out. I didn't like them back in the day. I think that's something that the two of us have in common. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, exact. Then there was uh, the whole Urza block that was just way too powerful. Then uh, the new edition starter came out with unique cards. Portal 3 Kingdom came out, 6th edition came out, and then the infamous 6th edition rules that introduced the stack. And I was just, hey, come on, leave me alone with with this. this, uh, That's just getting out of hand. And basically, I took everything I had, which was, uh, back in the day, it was very impressive. I had... The whole beta set not signed. Oh not man, you're gonna,
0: be, you're gonna hurt a lot of feelings telling the story now. But go ahead,
1: <laughs> basically. <laughs> I think it was, um, in, in 1999, I think I had something like two or three thousand signed cards. And oh wow, basically, I had everything in terms of um, all the cards from beta to uh Urza's Destiny. Uh, at least once, all the chase cards I had four times, and I sold it, and oh, I sold man. it for, and I sold it for, I th- I think it was a th- a seven thousand US dollars. Oh, which was goodness. a lot of money back then. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. In today's in, in today's money, I think it would have been I don't know, two hundred k probably or one hundred fifty k in today's money. So, uh, and then magic for me was done until eight years later, a friend of mine invited me for, uh, to, uh, to, to play some board games and card games in Christmas 2007. And then he was one of my old friends back from the, the magic days, and then he had some, uh, some booster packs. New booster packs, basically it was Time Spiral, it was uh, Ravnica, uh, there was some Mirrodin, some Onslaught, uh, and then we did a, a, a Chaos Sealed event to the, the four or eight people, and it was actually very fun. And then, just as uh, a lot of, of us addicts, I restarted the, the hobby. And incidentally, I always tell that to my wife, uh, Christmas 2007, that was two months before I uh, got to know my wife and my wife as a, let's just say she doesn't really like magic (laughs) that much.
0: I think a lot of the listeners can uh, empathize with that.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, um, but... Uh, so, I, I started again, I uh, but not really competitive. I just went to the the FNMs, the local FNMs, the releases, pre-releases. And then I I saw also, again, one guy, he had a, a signed card. And also, the, it, it was an altered card by, I think it was Jeff Miracola from Exodus. I think it was Equilibrium and i traded it i I traded it i got it and i said maybe i could restart this whole um getting in contact with artists and start uh, this whole sign card hobby again and what i found out was that it's much easier now as a lot of the the artists started having their own homepages. They started having their um, their online, uh, basically their, their online appearances, as well as all the the conventions that now popped up. That uh, basically, as a as a European in mid in the mid nineties, you had no idea what was going on. You basically you had your. Uh, Uh, your old uh, your your first first versions of uh, forums back then but that was nowhere near as sophisticated as it is now or as it was 10 years ago and right yeah and then we started uh, then i started with this whole sign card
0: thing again and never stopped going well uh yeah it's like I mean, so much of the game has changed on a lot of aspects because the technology progressed. So we got access to more information, and as we got access to more information, we were able to collect faster, collect better. I mean, play better. I mean, all this stuff kind of grew together. Completely, completely agree. Because, and that's that's also what
1: turned me off. Basically, it was also the the, the rise of technology because in the beginning. Basically, when you when you played in nineteen ninety four, uh, and you had an idea for a deck, and then you you got you got beaten uh, by a better deck, uh, then you try to work it out. But at at some stage, you, you just this whole net decking uh, kept on going, and basically either you you did what everybody did, uh, whatever what, what's everybody done, or uh, you got stomped. And that's and that's also why I stopped going to those uh, to those events because all those um, yeah I don't know I'm I, I have a de- demanding job I don't need to be to get stomped over the weekend uh, so <laughs> okay. I, I, just, I, I I need I need a, I need calm weekends so that I can uh, basically uh, relax and prepare myself for another heavy week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you use magic as an outlet to relax and kind of let all steam, whereas other people turn exactly. to it as like a competitive outlet, and they they exactly. only their own, winning was their only object. Exactly, exactly. And, that, and
1: then I I say, look, I I know how the, the how the the game works, but I'm not really good at the game, or I'm nowhere near the the level where. Uh, where where you guys are, but but where I am good is uh, the collecting. I'm uh, I'm I'd say I'm in the I don't know top one hundred Pro Tour goers in terms of collecting or in terms of signed card collecting. But right, right. in terms of in terms of the the game itself, yeah. Because also um, and that's also something that with WotC now uh releasing sets after sets after sets it it also it it overwhelmed overwhelmed me again this uh i think what when was it i think i stopped with m14 again now and just kept my my collection from alpha to m14 i just have to say sorry with uh, four new sets or five new sets each year, and then there is this in the summer you you have the master sets and then the commander sets, and now with this collector booster boxes and hey, come on, stop stop doing that! It's just for, yeah, uh, f- fr- throwing things on the wall on t- to see if it sticks or not. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't appeal to like I believe you and I are similar in some aspects uh, because I kind of get overwhelmed with all the new stuff too and I've kind of had to like change the way I collect it or like what my collection I look like over the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, exactly. I can't collect anything anymore and I think you've hinted at that in the past where you just want to collect everything and when it stops being possible to collect everything, you just don't want to take part in it anymore. Exactly,
1: exactly. And, and for, for me, I, I just when when i see all the different versions of each card that is being released you have the normal ones you have the foil ones you have textless and extended border and uh, come on and extend the extended border foil and and altered art it's just that's crazy and for me it's just, it's it's really the thing of when
0: everything is special nothing is special i i can agree with that yeah it's it gets overwhelming to think about um, well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit from that to um, looking over this post where I'm going to get some of the questions from. Luke said that uh, we should talk about how the hobby of signed cards has evolved from like when you got started into it and how it is today. And I know personally, oh, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot because my when I first yeah. got signed cards done, I had to get them done at Grand Prix events, had to wait in line. There was um, a limited number of cards you could get signed, and only a limited number of artists that you would see you a know, given an event. So it was it was a lot different than it is today. And so let's uh, let's go on and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: Gladly, it's basically in in the nineties. I did what what I what I uh, later in in the two thousands did again. I uh, I wrote the. Uh, the artists a letter and a handwritten letter and uh, or I try to email them to see if I was allowed to send them some some cards to, to get a, to get a signature from them. And basically and in the beginning um, I send out on a weekly basis like three five maybe sometimes six envelopes, Oh wow! Uh, containing so containing like maybe eight, sometimes twelve cards, twelve cards to be signed, and and then two, three weeks later, I got them back and they were signed, and I uh, I when I told that to my friends because I I have a, I, I had a couple of friends who were who were also into the signed cards, um, hobby, but. Um, and we, we kept on doing this and, and, got, and got to uh, a, fair, a fair amount of, uh, of signed cards in our collections. But the thing is, because in, in Central Europe, you, you didn't really have a lot of Grand Prix or Pro Tours going, going on. And when you had a Pro Tour, I don't know, in Brussels or in Berlin or in Paris, there was maybe one artist uh, uh, in the 90s. Um, n- nothing like that what you had or you still have in, in the States where you have like Gen Con and there are 20 artists. You, you never you, ne- you right. never had that. I, I remember, I think in 1997 or 1998, a colleague of mine and me we were looking on uh, going to Gen Con uh, basically to get cards signed. And then we, we, had a, we had a look at uh, how much the, the, the flights will cost because they're from Switzerland to, where was it? I think it was some, uh, Gen Con was in, in the, Indianapolis. Yeah, I, 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 think don't so. I
0: think they're always in Indianapolis. I'm not sure either.
1: Exactly. but Basically, we, we had like, I don't know, two, two or three flights to get there. And it was like, uh, I don't remember, three, three or four thousand dollars to, to get the flight, and that was just the flight, and uh, you didn't have a hotel then for, for that price, and I was like, mm, that might be a bit too much, and uh, so basically in in the beginning we we sticked to uh, s- sending the, those envelopes, and then at some stage you had um, uh, the online chat systems, I, uh, ICQ came up. Oh yeah, and then I remember and in ICQ, there, there were some signed card groups, and then trading started. And you know, uh, in in the nineties, it was it was completely normal to to send like twelve cards to Quinton Hoover, and then three weeks later, you got your twelve signed Quinton Hoover cards back. But uh, a signed uh, Welp was something. Uh, I, I think the three colleagues, uh, w- we had like one reckon, signed Dragonweb or uh, it was just Amy Weber didn't sign via mail or Jasper Je- Myforce didn't sign via mail or Anson Maddox didn't sign via mail, but Quinton did, Doug Schuller, Dan Frazier, uh, Ron Spencer. Uh, they they did so you had basically the, the whole collection was all their cards signed no problem at all so and and that's that's the interesting thing on, on how it changed now nowadays when I when I restarted in two thousand eight with my collection I soon found Motel the matching online trading league I thought forum and uh, in there uh the trading was was basically the main trading thing for me was was in there a lot of people had sign cards it was still uh nobody wanted sign cards back then so i i got them cheap and then of course you also had the, the match at the mtg salvation forum yeah and, and in there also you had uh, sales for, uh, sales and buy threats as well as trading threats. And I got their signed cards. And in the 2000s, what I realized as well is that uh, the people with the, the whole com- the, the, the conventions, you had the Pro Tours, you had the, the Grand Prix. And... What I got into was uh, that I uh, offered money to people to, uh, to get cards signed for me. So basically, I, I, I think it was uh, Alexi Bricklow, uh, he, he was at, uh, at, the, at the pro tour. So I, I, uh, I asked a friend, hey, can I give you 10 cards from for, uh, to get uh, some signatures from Alexi? Here is, uh, I don't know, $20 or $50 to get them signed. I sent him the cards. He he got them signed for me.
0: Yeah, and this recently came up in, uh, on the uh, on Facebook. Actually, somebody was wondering how somebody based out of Europe grew one of the largest sign collections that the community knows. And now, now you're kind basically, of sharing how you got to that point. But basically, um, when I
1: in the '90s, I sent out free all. Five envelopes a week. I send out ten envelopes a week in the two thousand two thousand eight, two thousand nine, which meant I send out like eighty to one hundred and fifty cards a week. Wow! And wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have to check. I I still have like um, fifty or a hundred envelopes uh, missing in action. But still, oh, do really? you really? I it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, one of the let me check i have I have my Excel spreadsheet open. Okay. and uh, and basically the um, the whole thing was uh, a lot of things I s- sending out and uh, to 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 tell you the truth, when I got my uh, my beta my beta moxins, um, I asked them, Fraser, hey can I send you the my beta moxins? Yeah, sure, of course. So I sent him the five beta moxins via via mail. Wow! In an envelope. <laughs> no, nothing happened. But uh, basically, yeah, there there was some sweat involved on my end when uh, every day waiting. Okay, do they get back now? Do they get back now? But in terms of um, you you have this 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 special relationship with with the artists. It was also that back then when I first saw that uh, then that offered uh, altered cards, so you can send him cards to get signed and altered. So, I asked him, hey, can you alter my, my Betamoxen? Of course, send it. Uh, I first sent him, I think it was the Sapphire, he drew a brilliant uh, dragon on it, and then I sent him the, the other four, he did dragons on, on them as well, so that got going. And basically, the, 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 there is nothing special about me having the sign cards. But basically, what, what I would say is I have, I started early. 2008 was, was still early. Um, and I never sold anything until end of 2019. I just kept accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And I was very active on the forums. Meaning, uh, be that model in two thousand eight, or the, the Salvation Forum, and later the um, later the Facebook the Facebook groups, trying to help out the people and getting the, the people helping me out. And I, what what I think is, if if you're into design cards, uh, into design sets, as I am. Uh, you you cannot do it alone. You need help because the, to get the complete magic expansion signed by the artists, it's it's just a, a too too big a task to do it alone. Because uh, some some artists have passed away sadly. Some artists don't sign anymore. Some artists have some I don't know some special requirement that you cannot fulfill. But if you if you have your your network of, of helpers where you give them other sign cards for their help or money or whatever then you can actually get it done and um, yeah
0: yeah that's a that's a, a good uh, point you bringing up there about uh, needing people like using the community everybody uses to help one another because it is daunting to kind of go down this path of Wanting an entire, I mean, one of the most simple things I would think is wanting, you have a favorite deck and you want every card in the deck signed. Some of the artists, super easy exactly. to access, but some of them, as you know, the they're just hard to find. And if you don't make connections with people yeah. or reach out, it's probably going to be near impossible to complete your project.
1: Exactly. I completely agree. And and what, all, what I also say is, don't try to, uh, in terms of pricing, lowball people, or try to maximize profit in, in terms of uh, where you know you have um, a unique sign card, where you okay, you um, you basically you corner the market in a in a particular way, and then you uh, you you ask for ridiculous prices. I think it's it's really a give and take basically uh, if you have something special and you don't really need it just like I'm doing now in, in the in the Facebook forums okay then, then give it up. Oh, yeah. of course it's, it shouldn't be that that you that you uh, you gift it you gift it around but in terms of t- try to to be reasonable in terms of price.
0: Yeah your recent uh, you kind of opened up the vault as you call it. And you do a lot of uh, special auctions or sales that like these are hard to find cards, which has been very good for the community because I for my history of being involved, a lot of these cards don't ever come up, whether it be the Chippies or the Cormac's. These things just don't you don't see them because some of these artists just refuse to sign any cards anymore. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and and that's the that's the the funny thing. I remember when, in the also in the nineties when Chippy came up, it was uh, it was just this guy in Scotland, uh, who, who I think in the nineties was very young, and uh, you you could send him cards, and then also in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I I think I sent it to his old address. I'm not sure it was, if it was his parents' address back then. But um, I think it, twice a year I, I got them back. It was like seven or eight months later, um, and then I, I got them. I got them back. So I had everything. Uh, I think all the shards of Alara cards from him on, uh, or the, sh- the shards block, and also the Time Spiral things by Chippy. I got them signed, no problem at all. I just then realized at some stage that he stopped signing for me and then uh, there was some discussion in the sign groups where people said hey uh, how do, how do you have this chippy cards uh, we are we are looking for it and then there was uh, all those chase cards that chippy owned that chippy did in terms of art as well as there were no reprints for the cards and people went ballistic in terms of price and so last year when i when i uh, i saw okay everybody going crazy about this the summoners pact said, okay, I, I have, I think, two, uh, two spare ones. Okay, let's auction them off. And uh, I think it's it's important because uh, that's just what I realized. That's also why why I'm I'm trying to uh, to sell off some some of the things because I just realized that I, I think I did a, an inventory at the end of two thousand nineteen. I just uh, I, I I sat in front of my uh, uh, my collection and said, okay, come on, you have now uh, forty three thousand signed cards. Wow. What are you? Really- what, what are you really going to do with them and uh, I had to say okay I, I have to give some some of that I have to to sell some of it because if something happens to me and I told my wife knows that what is in my um, in my study it has it has some value but she has no idea on how to contact the people and and try to interact with with, with with us and our hobby and to tell the truth she doesn't really have the time and doesn't want to and i completely understand so i said okay uh i try to keep my sign sets together but i have to uh to let go of uh of the duplicates that i have that i that have some some value and to actually do something more useful with the, the value stuck into the cards while still uh, trying to uh, complete my, my projects, my uh, MTG projects, uh, and upgrade the, uh, my old school stuff. Let's
0: uh, talk about your crazy projects for a second. Because <laughs> you, you have <laughs> goals that stretch beyond, I think, almost anybody's imagination. Uh, most people would be happy with one of each for their set maybe even a play set of each. But you have gone so far from what I've seen to have an, an entire binder page of each card from beta. So let's talk about that. Exactly. Let's talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah, gladly. Gla- gladly. Ba- basically, um, it was in, let me just check. I think in, two, yes, in 2000, beginning of December 2011, I had uh, beta completely signed. Which was my uh, my third sign set, and and then um, it was I um, I was contacted by someone uh, from Watzie, who said, "Hey, could could you send us a, a picture? Could you send us pictures from f- from your sign set?" Oh wow, really? Uh, we we would like we would like to to make um, what was what was called uh, the the MTG Daily that they had on their on their homepage and uh, we would like to make a post about that if, if you're if you agree and I said hey sure uh, uh, if I can show uh, my my favorite set around of course I do that I, I sent them I sent it to them and uh, they made a post and it, it looked really nice but then I said okay now I have certain cards I have four times signed certain cards I have two times signed. It, it really looks odd and out of place in the binder I know it sounds crazy but you know that's uh, <laughs> uh, in, in terms of um, what, what could I what what could I do and beta my favorite set so I said hmm okay let's try to go for a play set and then at some stage I said you know uh, I think it's uh Abu, Abu games they had um, They had a collection coming in with with a lot of sign cards and a lot of alterations. I think there was uh, some uh, uh, altered Sarah Angels, altered IC manipulators, uh, altered hypnotic specters, the one that I showed you this morning. Uh And I said, I need those. I want those. And then... You know, then you have like, okay, now I have five or six beta hypnetic specters, And that looks also odd. So let's go for the complete page. <laughs> okay. And then I was like, okay, let's go for the uh, let's have a beta signed nine times. Wow. And I I knew I knew from the I knew from the get-go I will never finish that project because uh, until Magic the Gathering collapses completely, I will not be able and basically I don't want to spend uh, the money to have uh, nine beta lotuses or nine beta ancestral recalls. That's just too much money bound in- into this. But um, at as it stands at the moment, I'm I'm now 208 cards away from that goal. Wow. Meaning I uh, it's and from those two hundred and eight cards, if you subtract if you subtract the uh, the duels and the power, it's like I think it's thirty or forty cards. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, basically the only way I could do it is because uh, nobody cared about beta in two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine, and also with uh, people like. Uh, rudy from alpha investments and uh, who who got uh, uh, a lot of attention and uh, also the scarcity and people going crazy about alpha uh, and seeing hey alpha is too expensive so let's go for the next best thing which is beta so okay and now i'm stuck because i maybe i can i crawl my my way slowly uh, across the finishing line but i'm i'm don't think I will be able to to finish it now.
0: Well, that's, that's part of the that's, journey, that's though, okay. right? Like, we enjoy, I mean, over half the fun is just exactly. doing it, trying to get to the finish line. Exactly. I
1: completely agree. I completely agree. It's really, it's the thrill of finding uh, something that you're still looking. And also, it doesn't really help that when I find uh, a card that I already have enough of, but it's altered by the artist, or it has some, it's double signed, it's also Richard Garfield signed it, or something special to the card, and then I, I, I buy that as well. But, as you say, that's the, the thrill of the hobby. And, and I think with, um, uh, with Beta, as well as uh, all the the other sets, be that the Arabian Nights, Antiquities, Legends, and the Dark, as well as Fallen Empires, I have all those sets as play sets signed, so all f- f- uh, four times signed. And those projects, they, they kept me really busy during, uh, in, I'd say in the 2000s, uh, after I said, okay, no more new sets added to the collection. So I kept just adding signed cards to, uh, uh, basically the old school cards to, uh, to the collection.
0: Yeah, so then you are able to focus on all your old stuff. So that makes sense.
1: Exactly, because it's just when you have uh, – and, and that's what I, t- I keep on telling people that complain about the reserve lease being unfair, that the old players are being um, – have an advantage over the new players. I, just, I, I keep on telling them, stop buying new sets. Just use the money – that you would that you would put into a new set into reserveless cards, be that duels, be that I don't know some Arabian Nights cards, and then yeah, instead of uh, buying f- free display boxes of uh, the next best thing, you just buy like four f- four cards or five cards. But guess what? Those four four or five cards. They keep their value, and the, the free boxes that you bought in six months' time, nobody cares about.
0: That. That's a very good uh, point when it comes to people wanting to acquire the older cards that are becoming pretty expensive these days. Let, let's, um, yeah. uh, let's have some little question time with you. Some of these questions are aimed directly at you on this thread, so let's have some fun as we close this out. Um, of course. First and foremost, let's see. Explain your love for Library of Alexandria. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it was um, in.
1: I think it was in 2016. I I I heard about those buyouts, and I said, "Let's okay." That's that's an interesting thing that uh, one person could manipulate the market, uh, so to speak, and go nuts on a, on a card. I think it was uh, Moat back then. Somebody bought out Moat mm-hmm. uh, on eBay, on all the forums. But the, the problem was that the person who did that, he didn't have the uh, the endurance to, to keep on going, or he didn't have the funds, so he sold it later all back, and I don't know what, what happened to him. And I said, okay, I want to do some, something similar, but And then I I basically, I I started with uh, Library of Alexandria because Library of Alexandria, I have to say, for me, it's the best land in the game. Right, yeah. Um, Basically, if uh, my personal perspective, I'm, again, I'm not the player. If Tabernacle, if the Tabernacle gave money, uh, so mana, if you could tap it for for one mana, it would be better than Library of Alexandria. I might be wrong, but that's my, my that, That's a good that's, argument uh, as yeah. it stands. But uh, Library is, is the best land in the game. I thought I said okay, it's fairly cheap. Back in two thousand sixteen, it's fairly cheap. Let's try and buy. Let's buy and, and buy some. So I, I bought some some signed versions, and then I said yeah, but. How many libraries are out there? It's like 30, 31,000 or around 30,000. Oh, that's uh, that's not, not really going to make a dent. And then I said, I, I saw, okay, there's this graded this graded cards. I always wanted it to go into grading into grading card game, but I always thought I was too late. And then I bought my, uh, my first... Uh, BTS-graded card, which was a Library of Alexandria. I I think it was a nine. And then I saw, okay, 9.5. This is where a a couple of people had 9.5s. Then I bought them, all of them. All of them. (laughs) All of them that they they had available on the Facebook group. I think it was like... And then I think, let me just see, I had like... In 2016, uh, from November until the end of the year, I bought five, um, 9.5 libraries of Alexandria, and I just kept going. And I just wanted to see how much, uh, by, by what time I actually um, could move the price on my own by just adding, adding, adding. And... Until mid 2017, I had 13 uh, 9.5 libraries of Alexandria kept going, and then the, the price kept on the, the prices kept on rising, because in the beginning I yeah it was like a thousand five hundred bucks for a 9.5, and a year later it was like two thousand. And then just adding and adding and adding. At some stage, I think it in the at the end of 2000, 2017, there were no more to be bought. And at some stage, I I made a deal with with Brian, uh, one of the the moderators from the um, from the Greater Card Group, and uh, because he had a contact who was the owner of the only 10, BGS 10 Library of Alexandria. And I struck a deal and I bought it. Back then it was uh, quite a high price, but nowadays everybody would would gladly take it for that price. price. And I got it, it was in the beginning of 2000, 2018. And basically um, I kept, uh, I, tr- I tried to buy more, and at the stage where we are net, uh, I I have like 26% of all the, the 9.5 BGS libraries of Alexandrias in existence, and with uh, BGS being clocked um, clocked up with uh, Pokemon cards and uh, newer magic cards. I think that percentage will not uh, not drop for a long time. And for me, uh, the, this whole um, this whole experiment with my with my favorite land, I keep on going. But I don't think I will I will sell in the foreseeable future. I just I I want to to write that one out.
0: That that's a that's a definitely a reasonable goal to have. Since it's your favorite, you know that's and that's impressive that you have such a high percentage of the graded ones. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and because
1: nobody really wanted it back in two thousand sixteen, and I'm I get contacted by a lot of people who say, "Yeah, would you sell me one?" No, I I don't I don't sell I don't sell. But if you try to do that. Because the problem was with the, the buyouts that that keep on happening all the time. They go for the mass, that for the for uh, the raw cards. I don't go for the raw cards because then you get the uh, a lot of people anxious because they cannot play with the card anymore and uh, they they get really angry. But basically cornering um, nine point five BGS, yeah, you have like five or six maybe ten people riled up because they cannot finish their their bgs uh arabian night set um or uh, people who want to to buy that particular card but the thing is if you the guy who went for the moat he went for the raw moat and then you you piss people off
0: yeah because then it's kind of it comes across as like hoarding playable cards for people
1: Exactly. And and with uh, with the BGS, uh basically, it's also hoarding. Of course, I I I agree with with everyone who says that. But for for me, it's, it's basically it's an investment. It's an investment experiment, and to, to see on uh, how how much higher I can get. I, I don't think I will I will be able to uh, to get um, maybe. Another one, maybe two uh, libraries of Alexandria will be added to my collection, but I don't see more because the people who have them, who have the remaining uh, 20, oh, 74%, they, they, they want to keep them or they will sell them to me for outrageous prices and I have to say, no, I, I don't want them. <laughs> right,
0: it's just something you gotta live with. Let's go to, uh, exactly. go to exactly. another question. Um Mike mm-hmm. asked, is there any cards that you don't want signed? So I guess uh, is there anything you ever if you ever got a card you' saying like I'm happy just with an unsigned version
1: No nah, no basically for, for me it's really um, the signed cards makes the it makes the card special because for um, in terms of our our niche in the hobby is, if you have a lot of money, you can buy uh, every card that you that you want. Sure. But in the in this in the card world, uh, money just takes you um, uh, take takes you um, along a certain way, and uh, until the and then then we we're, we're again with you need connections, you need friends, you need a network of people who help you out. Otherwise, you will not get. Uh, all the cards signed that you want and for for me no i i'd say all the cards signed apart from of course my uh, my uh, my bts collection the greater collection there i'm i'm happy with how they are they don't need to be signed
0: uh going on that are you you want to get cases signed or just you don't bother with that Nah, I, I think I have a, a couple
1: where the cases are signed, but um, probably it it uh, would be a a, a funny uh, YouTube video or or a funny video on, on its own if Mark Poole was at the conventions and I, I got with my whole suitcase full <laughs> of libraries of Alexandria and got them all signed. That 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 could be something, but other than that I don't see I, I don't see I don't wanna be there for happening. that one. Yeah, but, but that that could be something if uh, Richard Garfield was there and Mark Poole. I I would I I'd say
0: I would do that. Uh let's see. Pablo is asking what is the hardest signature to find and he says like available as mean like yes. I guess if it's I don't know if he's referring to if the artist is still alive or actively signing or what
1: yeah i think it's it's ext- it that's extremely dependent on time as, as i said before quentin hoover beginning of the 90s readily available today it's one of the hardest to get but as he as he said available it's really really difficult you have and with uh, nowadays you have hundreds of artists i'd say in terms of uh, really hard to get cards, or the hardest signature. It has to be the ones that uh, that I got um, just uh, in the in the recent months. Which was, um, let me just check, so that I get the name right. Um, yeah, I think it was uh, Jennifer Law um, to to get. Uh, where with um, from Valerie for in the, in our signed card group, uh, she had uh, both Jennifer Law cards from mm-hmm. Mirage signed by her. Uh, something of a unicorn from from my for, for my projects, getting the the signed Mirage set together, which was the the last set I got together, and then also uh, the two Paul Lee cards from Visions. Sense of time and the crypt rats, which was something I've never seen before, and she had them readily available. They were not quite so cheap, but it was completely worth it because she uh, she had the market for signed Jennifer Law and Paul Lee cards.
0: Yeah, that was some nice treasure to kind of come out of nowhere for the community experience. Exactly, exactly.
1: completely agree. Completely agree.
0: Uh, let's see uh, what else do we have here. Um, how about we finish up with something, tips for people getting into the hobby? Like, is there anything you want to share or tell people just getting started into the sign card hobby?
1: Okay. Yeah, gladly. I think what's important is you have to set yourself some goals and also boundaries, you have to set yourself you have to set yourself up. If you just go in the hobby, you're likely to drown because there are so many signed cards out there if you just want to have a thousand signed cards. That's no problem to get um, there on. Uh, I think uh, for, for you guys in the States, it's a TCG player for the guys in Europe. it's the, the, the card market. You can, you can get, uh, for a thousand dollars or a thousand euros, you can get uh, 2,000 signed cards or 1,000 signed cards or 500 signed cards. The thing is, you have to set yourself a goal or a project where you say, I want to get this deck signed or I want to, to get a uh, card signed by that artist or I have to get a card signed by, for, from that set. Otherwise, you, you're completely lost with... Uh, thousands of new cards and uh, dozens of new artists coming out every year you you lose you lose control completely and you have to focus on what you want i think that's that's very important
0: yeah i would uh i would agree because it's so easy to just keep seeing something else you want something else you want and i've fought that a lo- a long time like with my um At first, I started with just wanting decks signed, and then I'm like, well, I kind of want my entire play collection signed for me and my sons because um, I just kind of – maybe they won't enjoy the hobby as much as I do, but I want to be able to make, like, all the good decks, but I don't want just the staples of all the decks signed because I'm kind of a completionist as well. Mm -hmm. So then – I'm like, well if I have just the dual land yeah. sign, I might as well get everything else that the decks plays sign. So that's when I started down my journey of I get play sets of almost every playable card sign and I kinda ignore ignore all the other bulk or lesser used cards. I just don't really care about those as much. Just to kind of limit myself, even though my own my own uh, project is pretty vast.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. How, 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 uh, how uh, is your beta, sign beta second? I out?
0: am about 90% done. I have the, I need five Hoovers, but they're the quote unquote the easier ones to get. I have, um, okay, let's see. I need regeneration, nettling imp, dark pact, mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm. And I'm not forgetting. One? Oh, and uh, Earthbind. And the ah, rest okay. of them are easy to okay. get. I just got to buy the cards.
1: Exactly, but the, the, that's that's the for, for set collection. That, that's the, the 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 tough bit. It's always the unplayables and uh, the common cards that are the hardest to find. For me, I think in uh, when I was finishing the, the sign set of the dark, I nearly went crazy until I got the last card together and it was it was something like uh, it, it was, uh, I think it was grave robbers or, or something like that and I was just like come on, it's like a, a, a 50 cent card back then and uh, you nearly went ballistic to, to find it. But uh, that, that makes the hobby very special.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I just, as you just saw, I just paid 450 for a nameless race. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was the last yeah, humor exactly. I needed exactly. for my it's, dark set. So my dark set's complete. I got to take pictures of it. Um,
1: yeah, please do. Please do and, ch- and share it around. Because I think uh, in terms of uh, a signed set, it's something very special. And because assigned signed or uh, a normal unsigned dark set. Yeah, it, it takes some money, but uh, you, you can get you can get it together if you spend some money and uh, one afternoon, and you have it together. But uh, to get it completely signed, uh, that takes some effort and some uh, some work.
0: Oh, I agree. It's just it's way more special just to, knowing the the journey it took to get some of those cards. Um, I guess outside of beta being your. Your favorite set? What's your other favorite set you have signed?
1: I I have to see, I have to go with uh, with Arabian Nights due to the library. No, yeah,
0: yeah, that is one set I don't see myself completing for a while, just because I've I didn't start it early enough, and now the prices are pretty crazy, and mm-hmm. I'm way closer on finishing Legends yep. and Antiquities than I am. I mean, antiquities I only need two cards, but Talking all things signed cards. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry for the delay in this episode coming out. I've been so hammered with school and work. Starting to think I bit off more than I could chew. But you know what? That's life. We adapt. We move on. Have fun. Um, You can reach out to me anytime on social media. Easily found on Facebook. Um, On Instagram, I'm at pestilence. P-E-S-T i l a n z e also on twitter if you have any comments questions concerns feel free to hit me up uh, we're going to keep going forward and doing this uh, if you have any ideas who she talked to i have some more guests lined up talk to all things magic and just you know keep learning having fun entertain Uh, all that good stuff until next time this is Lance signing off careful study